Section 24 of The Shaving of Shakbat. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabriel Glenn. The Shaving of Shakbat by George Meredith. Chapter 18. The Bosom of Noorna. Now while a thousand sparks of fire were bursting on the sight of the two divers, and they speeded, heels uppermost to the destiny marked out for them by the premeditations of the all-wise. Lo, Noorna was on the mountain in outer Eclis with Kuruk, waiting for the appearance of a betrothed sword in hand. She saw beams from the blazing eye of Eclis, and knew by the redness of it that one, a mortal, was peering on the earth and certain of created things. So she waited a while in patience for the return of her betrothed, with the head of Kuruk in her lap, caressing the bird and teaching it words of our language, and the bird fashioned its bill to the pronouncing of names such as Noorna, and Feshnavat, and Gurelka, and it said Karaz, and stuck not at the name Shakpat. And it learned to say even, Shakpat shall be shaved, Shakpat shall be shaved, but no effort of Noorna could teach it to say Shibli Bagarad, the bird calling instead Shiparak, Shiplabarak, Shibli Shabarak, and Noorna chided with her forefinger, crying, O Kuruk, wilt thou speak all names but that one of my betrothed? So she said again, Shibli Bagarag, and the bird answered, imitating its best, Shibarakavarak. Noorna was wrought with it, crying, O naughty bird, is the name of my beloved hateful to thee? And she chid Kuruk angrily, he with a heavy eye sulking, and keeping the sullen feathers close upon its pole. Now she thought, there is in this a meaning, and I will fathom it. So she counted the letters in the name of her betrothed, that were thirteen, and spelt them backwards, afterwards multiplying them by an equal number, and fashioning words from the selection of every third and seventh letter. Then took she the leaf from a tree, and bade Kuruk fly with her to the base of the mountain, sloping from a cliff to the sea, and there wrote with a pin's point on the leaf the words fashioned, dipping the leaf in the salt ripple by the beach till they were distinctly traced and it was revealed to her that shibli bagarag bore now a name that might be uttered by none for that the bearer of it had peered through the veil of the faring figure in eclis when she knew that her grief was heavy and she sat on the cold stones of the beach and among the bright shells weeping in anguish losing her hair scattering it wildly exclaiming awahi woe on me was ever man more tired than he before entering Eclis, he that was in turns abased and beloved and exalted, yet his weakness clingeth to him even in Eclis, and with the wondrous sword in his grasp? Then she thought, Still he had strength to wield the sword, for I marked the flashing of it, and twas he that leaned forward the blade to me, and he possesses the qualities that bring one gloriously to the fruits of enterprise. And she thought, of a surety, if a bark be with him and a single of the three slaves of the sword that I released from the tail of Garavin, Ravijura, Karavijis, and Vijravush, he will yet come through, and I may revive him in my bosom for the task. So thinking upon that, the sweet crimson surprised her cheeks, and she arose and drew Kuruk with her along the beach till they came to some rocks piled ruggedly and the waves breaking over them. She mounted these, and stepped across them to the entrance of a cavern, where flowed a full water swiftly to the sea, 
rolling smooth bulks over and over and with a translucent light in each showing precious pebbles in the bed of the water below agates of size limpid cornelians plates of polished jet rubies diamonds innumerable that were smitten into sheen by slant rays of the level sun the sun just losing its circle behind lustrous billows of that enchanted sea she turned to kuruk a moment saying with a coax of smiles will my bird wait here for me even at this point kuruk clapped both his wings and she said again patting him he will keep watch to pluck me from the force of water as i roll past that i be not carried to sea and lost kuruk still clapped his wings and she entered under the arch of the cavern it was roofed with crystals a sight of glory with golden lamps at intervals still centers of a thousand beams taking the sandal from her left foot and tucking up the folds of her trousers to the bend of a clear white knee she advanced half wading up the winds of the cavern and holding by the juts of granite here and there till she came to a long straight lane in the cavern and at the end of it far down a solid pillar of many-colored water that fell into the current as it had been one block of gleaming marble from the roof without ceasing now she made toward it and fixed her eye verily wide on it and it was bright flawless and brilliancy but while she gazed a sudden blot was visible and she observed in the body of the fall two dark objects plumping downward one after the other like bolts and they splashed in the current and were carried off by the violence of its full sweep shooting by her where she stood rapidly but she knotting her garments round the waist to give her limbs freedom and swiftness ran a space and then bent and plunged catching as she rose the foremost to her bosom and whirled away under the flashing crystals like a fish scaled with splendors that hath darted and seized upon a prey and is bearing it greedily to some secure corner of the deeps to swallow the quivering repast at leisure surely the heart of noorna was wise of what she bore against her bosom and it beat exulting strokes in the midst of the rush and roar and gurgle of the torrent and the gulping sounds and multitudinous outcries of the headlong water that verse of the poet would apply to her where he says lead me to the precipice and bid me leap the dark abyss i care not what the danger be so my beloved my beauteous vision be but the prize i bear with me for she to paradise can turn perdition praise be to him that planted love the worker of this marvel within us now she sped in the manner narrated through the mazes of the cavern coming suddenly to the point at the entrance where perched kuruk gravely upon one leg like a bird with an angling beak he caught at her as she was hurtling toward the sea and drew her to the bank of rock that burden on her bosom and it was shibli bagarag her betrothed his eyes closed his whole countenance colorless behind him like a shadow streamed abarak and noorna kneeled by the waterside and fetched the little man from it likewise he was without a change as if drawn from a familiar element and when he had prostrated himself thrice and called on the prophet's name in the form of thanksgiving he wrung his beard of the wet and had wit to bless the action of noorna that saved him then the two raised shibli bagarak from the rock and reclined him lengthwise under the wings of kuruk and noorna stretched herself there beside him with one arm about his neck 
the fair head of the youth on her bosom, and she said to Abarak, He hath dreamed many dreams, my betrothed, but never one so sweet as that I give him. Already, see, the hue returneth to his cheek, and the dimples of pleasure. So was it, and she said, Mount, O thou of the net and the bar, and stride Kuruk across the neck, for it is nigh the setting of the moon, and by dawn we must be in our middle flight, seen of men a cloud over them. Said Abarak, To hear is to obey. He bestrode the neck of Kuruk and sat with dangling feet, till she cried, Rise! And the bird spread its wings and flapped them wide, rising high in the silver rays and flying rapidly forward with the tree on him from the mountain in front of Aklis and the white sea with its enchanted isles and wonders, flying and soaring till the earth was as what might be held in the hollow of the hand and the kingdoms of the earth a mingled heap of shining dust in the midst. End of chapter 18 Recording by Gabriel Glenn